Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Please consider supporting Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. You can learn more about them at bwunited.ca. Uh, they are always looking for donations and volunteers. So please, again, support Black Women United YEG for the protection and advancement of black women and girls in Alberta. Again, that website is bwunited.ca. Hey, this is Adam from Toronto, and I support Creative Control because Vish is full stop one of the best arts interviewers in Canada, or anywhere in the world, really. He approaches every episode like he's known the artist for years, creating a conversational atmosphere that gets straight to the heart of the work. No one else in podcasting gets it quite right like he does, with a mixture of meticulous research, wise artistic insights, and well-humored personal connections. I proudly support Vish and Creative Control on Patreon. You should, too. To make your flexible monthly donation to Creative Control, please visit patreon.com slash Control today. Meg Remy is an uncompromising musician, singer, producer, performer, and author who calls Toronto, Ontario home. Originally from Illinois, Remy is renowned as the driving force behind U.S. Girls, an incredible and prolific musical entity whose catalog has certainly been celebrated and acclaimed internationally, and particularly in her adopted Canadian home, where she is often nominated for awards and praised for her ambitious vision. The latest album by U.S. Girls is a compelling and energized one called Bless This Mess, which was partially inspired by Remy giving birth to twin boys, whom she's raising with her talented partner, the musician Maximilian Turnbull. Bless This Mess itself was born into this world on February 24th, 2023, via 4AD and also Royal Mountain Records, and Meg returns to this show to discuss her experiences and perspectives as a young parent, what having children can teach one about themselves, the visually stimulating and provocative videos for some of the new Bless This Mess singles, lyrical themes delving into progress, private property, and the last breaths of capitalist comforts, Daedalus, Icarus, and Stanley Kubrick, the fear of death, 
Surviving versus Coping, AI and the Deep Fakery of Social Media, Revisiting Home Videos She Made as a Kid Who Loved MTV, Wanting to Dance Again, Exciting Future Plans, and much more. A part of the Entertainment One Network with the support of listeners like you, who follow and subscribe to this podcast and spread the word about it, and make flexible monthly donations at patreon.com slash Control, which is the primary source of revenue for all the work that goes into uh, bringing you this podcast uh, so often. So thank you uh, out there, uh, those of you supporting the show at patreon.com slash Control. It's appreciated. With additional support from Blackbird Music, a wonderful record store with locations in Edmonton and Calgary, and very friendly personnel who will happily help you find whatever it is you're looking for. Hey, say you want to order the new uh, U.S. Girls album, Bless This Mess, or you want to order the whole discography by U.S. Girls. Well, head over to blackbird.ca, type in what you want, and sure enough, they might even be able to deliver, home deliver, your U.S. Girls records to you or anything else you want. Again, learn more about this fine establishment at blackbird.ca. Plus, in-kind support from Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, and my beloved old uh, Guelph, Ontario, and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario. This is episode 757 of Creative Control, featuring the idiosyncratic and brilliant Meg Remy of U.S. Girls, with your host, me, Vishkana. Hi, Meg. How's it going? I'm good, Vish. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thank you for asking. Where in the world are you today? Etobicoke, Ontario. Are you... So, okay, there's a lot going on in that answer for me, because I know you a little bit. Are you still mm-hmm. in the same place then? We, yep. I know. Sorry. This Okay. Same place. But, additions. Congratulations. You have two children at once, right? That's what we established maybe the last time you were on. <laughs> yes, two at once. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, is, it, is it working out in that little... It's not that little. You have a nice place. I remember... I like your place, but is it working out with all the people? Yeah, it's working out. It feels, okay. um, you know, you make it work with what you got. Yes, absolutely. Well, I like I say, congratulations. Uh, obvious question from one parent to another. Uh, how are you holding up? Is, it, is everything exactly how you expected it to be, raising two children? <laughs> I don't know. I didn't have any expectations. I don't think really. I'd yeah. say I'm holding up well, considering what's what the reality of the situation is, which is that you know I wake up at five a.m. and I hang out with two almost two year olds all day till five thirty uh, p.m. when they go to bed, and I in between that do interviews and clean and. Mm. try to have a relationship with my husband and <laughs> when the boys go down then I clean more and try to have some time for myself or do yeah. more work or you know it's it's a very groundhog day situation mm-hmm. it's very draining it's also extremely meaningful and almost overly meaningful <laughs> it's uh <laughs> 
I like it. I like it, and I also don't like it. Yeah, that's that. That, that all checks out. I was just going through my p- parental checklist. I think we are on yeah. the same same page. Some of that stuff, yes. I'm sure, you anticipated and expected. Have there been particular surprises for you in this dynamic, this experience so far? Uh, I think just like my uh, my my lack of patience. <laughs> Mm. <laughs> yeah, I find it. I read something a woman said, like where can't remember who it was, but and I'll screw up the quote, but it was which is two bags. So it was really good, but she said something about how like parenting brings out her secret insanity, mm. and I really relate to that. There's times where I feel um, completely insane with yeah. uh, frustration and anger and the lack of sleep you know i think really contributes to that and Mm. i was surprised by that element i wasn't i wasn't ready for that but i think you know so much of it is that your kids are just reflecting you back at you it's not really them when you're getting upset so (laughs) hey have i have we talked about this because this is like a thing i say to everyone and i feel like i've said it so much that it's like a it could be a slogan for this show that when you're, I learned from my kids that when I'm angry at someone, I'm really a little bit angry at myself. Um, yeah, and yeah. I feel like that's the same for them when they're upset. They're kind of, I don't know if I, 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 like I say, I've said this to a trillion people and I feel like I'm a, an amazing armchair psychologist when I say shit like that. But then I'm mm-hmm. like, but people, younger people, I would say are like, oh, I hadn't thought of that. You know, and maybe it's obvious, but. They are little reflections yeah. of you. So you're kind of little. That's what I think when I'm upset with them. I said it to my son yesterday because he, he uh, made his sister. He made their sister feel so badly about something. And I got upset and I raised my voice. And then after I had to apologize and say, look, what happened? Actually, I, th- I thought about it. First of all, I'm sorry. But I think I was mad at you. I was angry with you because you remind me exactly of me. And that's how yeah. I sometimes was with my sister, and I regret it. And I don't want you making the sure. same mistake. You know what I'm saying? They're a little like... Yeah, yeah. for sure. So is that part um, of what's going on? Yeah, but I just think peop- uh, yeah, everybody is that. Yeah. Yes. You know, yeah. It's like when you see people, someone in a road rage, and they're honking and screaming and stuff, it's like... It's something else in their life, and they're honking and screaming at themselves. And yeah. it's like how to go through life trying to like instantly forgive those people and then also yourself when you do that. Cause I think it's probably the most human trait. One of the most human traits there is. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, I know I, I've congratulated you on, uh, on, on being a parent and your children. And, and I appreciate uh, you, uh, your candor and just talking about what the experience has been like. Congratulations too on making another wonderful record with the, uh, bless this mess um uh, as you're talking about it with people like me and maybe pondering putting it up on stage uh has that record surprised you is any any revelations from just like oh it's done and what the hell holy shit there's a lot going on anything like that happening already not really i don't feel like i have much space for revelations these days but Mm. i mean it's just wild to me that I've been doing this for 15 years now. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. that this project is still happening. Like I'm it's there's still uh fuel in there for it 
for me. Um, and yeah, mm. that's, I've, I've looked back a lot. Um, I, I, particularly, I mean, yeah, even like getting the live set up and, um, the live set has a real kind of tech angle to it, which is a, I've never touched before. Mm. And that's interesting to be someone who, you know, this project started off with a reel to reel and a microphone. And now there's like synthesizers getting sent MIDI data playing themselves on stage and all kinds of crazy shit. So yeah, it's pretty wild. Just even the, how the technology's changed, uh, of what is available and impossible, uh, in the past 15 years. Yeah, I uh, I was watching the videos that, uh, as we're speaking right now, for those who haven't seen them yet, there's three videos out for uh, to promote the uh, singles, if I may be so capitalist and crass. Beautiful, <laughs> beautiful expressions, but they are singles. And um, I was marveling at those. They seem like technological feats in themselves, and they seem to be maybe even pondering technology and, and what it means to, mm-hmm. to be whatever develop literally development and what that means and actually so uh one of the videos and i don't remember sorry if it's which is the one where you're uh trash basically futures bet yeah 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 futures bet sorry you know what we watched last night every friday night we have a movie night uh in my house yeah. at the family we watched wally if you remember that movie oh yeah 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 there's a lot of trash in that movie well it's it's similar in that the faces get compacted in the trash uh, yeah, I, yeah. Have you you've seen this? Was this? I'm guessing this was not. I've seen it a long time. It wasn't a reference, but I wish I had thought of it. <laughs> and I'm not. I just thought, what a weird coincidence that I'm watching Wally after yeah. having just watched this U.S. Girls video. Because uh, yeah, I feel like where I'm coming from, and we can talk about the videos for sure because I think they're really beautiful and interesting. Um, but I feel like this record has been framed as one um, that uh, reflects your recent experiences and your current experiences as a as a new parent but i also feel like there's a lot of stuff that is of you know a universal time and place like a lot of like technology how we're interacting how we're living so what i'm getting at is meg this clearly is a bit of a i think the record is a bit of a document of what you're going through personally and then maybe what you mm-hmm. observe we're all vaguely going through is that a fair way of looking at it yeah, I mean, I don't know what everyone else is going through fully, but we definitely, there's some things that we all share for sure. And technology is one of them. And it's one of the most fascinating and complex and confusing and uh, tricky subjects. You know, it's how, how can you be mad at it? And yet it's completely... um like almost f- fascistic, you know. So yeah, but, but when, um, you, when, when you say technology, yeah. is there any chance that's a not a shorthand for capitalism, but it's an aspect of capitalism? Is that a way of looking at it from your? I just think that I it, maybe it's more just the word would be kind of progress or mm. exponential growth or the 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 idea that's just because something can be done, it, it should. Yeah. You know, I'm not I'm not sure I really believe in that on lots of levels. You know, it's uh yeah. So technology is probably more short for that, which obviously capitalism is a 
a hot word and it can a lot can fit underneath that but i that word almost feels like it doesn't even work anymore or it's outdated i mean a lot of people say like i mean i think we're like in a collapsed capitalism now or something it's it's not even potent it's just it's is i i would agree with you i guess what i'm picking up on with some of the imagery that you invoke like a song like so typically now and i'll just if it's okay Mm -hmm. with you i'm going to read a little bit to people i'm going to read some of the lyrics brooklyn's dead and kingston's booming that's a real nice neck can i make it stop zooming you moved upstate so typically now i'll send you an image if you would just calm down Traders with loans, they run the show. So you sold off your condo. You're shutting it down. <laughs> they're drawing it out. Like, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I don't want to just recite the whole song, but like, it's not only just capitalism in a kind of rudimentary university course 101. Like, what does this mean? Like, even the imagery in your videos mm-hmm. seems to be about land usage. It seems to be about people building. Just I don't know. I don't even know if you were trying to get at disposable homes, but every, and, you know these were like cap, condo to me is almost as loaded a word as capitalism. And when people and people yeah. are leaving metropo- metropolises quite regularly now, yeah. it's not unusual for me to talk to musicians in Canada. And and even someone wrote to me and said you moved. I'm like yeah, yeah. I, yeah. you're not in Ontario anymore because they were figuring out a time zone. I'm like yeah because I couldn't we couldn't afford it. Yeah, so we moved. And and on the one hand. I struggle with this because that feels even, I feel like I'm gaming the system in a capitalistic way myself. Okay, well, they, they won't let us move our family around. We can't afford it. There's no jobs. We'll just move somewhere else yeah. and sort of colonize these spaces that are more affordable. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people are heading. They're leaving the cities because they're unsustainable and heading for suburbs. And I'm sorry, I, this is, I didn't mean to make this about me, but I think you're speaking on some of these topics. Like, what does it mean that people are just trying to get away from capitalism, but also working within it to, you know, further themselves? Is that is any of that resonating with you in these songs? Yeah, I mean, definitely it's private property is something that I think about constantly. And how did yeah. private property become a thing? When did that start? You know, from what I can have found and I could, I'm sure I'm wrong. I don't know, but it seems that when the written word, like when the al- uh, alphabets started coming along, the written word, then the printing press is, it, it is what really cemented it, mm-hmm. which is, you know, uh, everything runs on private property, everything. And yeah. that's the thing is like, yeah, you, you can't afford Toronto. So you leave somewhere where you can get private property. Yeah. Um, right. right. And everything upholds it. The police do. So it's like discussions around police, I think, must start there. Private mm-hmm. property is, you know, the catalyst of the Catholic Church and them being one of, if not the biggest landowner in the world and all that came with that. And yeah, there's a lot there. I just yeah. think private property is or uh, real estate you know is is a modern term or something is something that we do just accept without really thinking about or or you think about it in passing once but i think it's something yeah we could use to or or would be beneficial to think about every damn day (laughs) 
Well, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's wild. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's interesting that, um, you know, I think there's more of an awareness mm. of the nefarious aspects of landlord culture. But you raise yeah. a really interesting point because people are fleeing landlord culture to become their own kind of land barons themselves. Is that, is yeah. that that's yeah. that's a weird part of this. There's nowhere to you don't have to point. There's like nowhere to point fingers anymore. You know, it's like yeah. you can't call out them. You know, no. there's no them. Yeah. It's us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> it's, yeah. Just, it's just us and our, you know, a lot of it has to do with comforts and things that we just don't want to do without. And, you know, I, I think about it a lot with water. I just think about, I don't know. I really feel most days I'm going to step in the shower and I think, what if the water wasn't warm? Yeah. You yeah. know, and and what a shock that would be and how miserable that would be. Warm water is, makes life, it, it lubricates life yeah. <laughs> yeah, in a way, you know, it, it's, and I think that is interesting to think about like these comforts that we have to have warm water. You don't feel a pain every day. Maybe you can avoid that, that shock of cold water, which could trigger your brain to think about uncomfortable things yeah or could get train you to be okay with feeling uncomfortable or feeling pain you know we we're seem to be living in a time that wants to erase uh, all discomfort or yeah erase it or own it i don't i'm not really sure but Hmm. i don't know yeah. You know, I as you're speaking, first of all, I, I I think you know, Meg. I have a lot of respect for you as a writer and and for your opinions. And as you were speaking, I was pondering the fact that I feel like you were among the first, or well, you were among maybe not the first, but you were among the people I interviewed at the onset of the pandemic. And your plans were all disrupted, and and all sorts of shit was going on. It was very uncertain time. And you had this. You said some things that I thought were very grounded and um, mm. philosophical. And then I was pondering what I guess is ostensibly the chorus of the song I alluded to earlier, Future's Bet. And the chorus is, when nothing is wrong, everything is fine. This is just life. This is just life. <laughs> and I feel like everything you're saying kind of is encapsulated there. Like we, we're we looking for um, trouble sometimes uh, or we're looking to, you know, I'm I'll, I'll, people who listen to the show know I'm maybe struggling a lot with uh how to make sense of how we're behaving um given mm-hmm. the information we have <laughs> that's accessible but um this kind of zen sorry am i misreading it i can't tell if it's sarcastic or zen <laughs> it's both yeah yeah so th- this it's is this both. is is that a kind of thing yeah. that grounds you to just be like yeah this is just the way it is can't fight there might not yeah. be warm water and that's just the way it is like are you getting to that yeah. place i mean if I can hold that place and be in that place for a minute, I'm I'm doing well. You know, it's yeah. a space I'd like to be in more. I don't think it's a space that anyone can be in all the time. Yes. Like, yes, there are Zen monks, but that's all they do then. Yeah. And they're removed from all other people. Yeah. So that they can hold that space and be there. Because I don't think you can hold it. You definitely can't hold it living in a Etobicoke with twins in a... Like, (laughs) it doesn't exist. But um, I try to get there, and it does, it's something that I've 
is a tool for me. The, uh, is, yeah, radical acceptance, if you want to call it. Yes. Yeah. The, it, you know, looking at the dual nature of all situations and, um, yeah, it makes things, I find it, yeah, it's, com- it's talk about comfort. It's a comfort for me and it just helps. Like I am a person that has spent a lot of time trying to answer questions and I do think that the more I uh, try not to answer questions, uh, the the better I'm doing. <laughs> Letting just the questions sit. Sorry, que- the questions you ask yourself, or the questions that are thrust upon you by <laughs> by others. I think all all yeah. you know. I mean, obviously, I'm in an interview context, so I can't not answer your questions, and I would seem like an asshole then. But yeah. you know that. But but an interview is kind of a good example for it because it's. Interviews to me seem to be like they're dialogues. They're not really, here's a question, here's an answer. Mm. It's here's, I'm asking this, someone's asked me this question. That makes me think of this. I'm going to say this and then they're going to say something else and we dialogue on it and there's no, there's no answer. Mm. Or there's an answer that's right for one day and the next day the same question's asked and it's a different answer because it's a different day and the body feels differently or whatever. But, Um, I do think that particularly around the kind of big questions around why, why do humans act this way and this kind of thing, it's, there's no answer, there's no answer. It's too, um, it's impossible and to try to nail it down, which is what we all want to do and why there's a million self-help books and, and all the things in the world. Mm. And maybe even why language, you know, I think language in general is a control thing and it continues to be so. I think even with a kind of large movement to try and reclaim language, trying to shift language, it's still a, um, someone is saying that this language is okay and this one's not. Yeah. And words fail always. (laughs) Yeah. You, uh, they always will, you know. Well, to paraphrase what you're saying about oscillating opinions or, or, you know, evolving thoughts, uh, I will paraphrase your lyric again and say that is also just life. I mean, <laughs> you know, exactly. We, exactly. If, we, if we were having this conversation tomorrow instead of right now, yeah. all the answers might have been different yeah. or could have been different. So, for sure. For sure. I, yeah. I've, I found it. Um, interesting that this record in the sort of biographical promotion was being framed as uh, Meg Remy contemplating motherhood. And then the first song is about uh-huh. a very, very famous father. <laughs> and speaking of progress yeah. and inventions, again, uh, I said before we started that my children really love your new album uh, and were stoked. Yeah. They were like, you're going to talk to my son in particular. was like, you're going to talk to this U.S. girl? So I'm like... Yeah, Meg's been on the show a bunch of times. You know, I got cocky. I was like, "Yeah, Meg's friendly with me. Yeah. We we have good talks usually." Uh-huh. Anyway, anyway, they were they're particularly obsessed with this song, and we had to talk a little bit uh, about uh, Daedalus and Icarus. And uh, my son vaguely knew about Icarus. What is it about that dynamic, Daedalus? And I'm going to do a, a bare bones Cole's notes. My understanding <laughs> is uh, Daedalus <gasps> was an inventor and the father of Icarus, yeah. and then Icarus. Yeah. Uh, said, hey, uh, he, I'm going to speculate. Icarus was like rummaging through the, the attic and found these wings and thought, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. go try and fly as high as I could. 
Am I capturing the story relative? I, I, some details I'm, uh, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah, is that about yeah, right? sure, yeah. yeah. So the, yeah. what, that's uh-huh. an interesting, all of this is interesting to me, given what we've just been talking about, about parenting, progress, uh, inventions, uh, their inherent yeah. peril. <laughs> uh, can can yeah. you talk about why that, him and that, that family dynamic uh, spoke to you as you were pondering uh, the song? Well, I think because I, I ended up reading other stories about Daedalus. So oh. it was interesting to me that, you know, he's kind of been nailed to this one story mm. and how that happens to us in general. Yeah. We do one thing, maybe quote unquote wrong in our life, and you're that's it. Yeah, that's what you're associated with, and that's who you are then for the rest of your life. You know, when he he invented the labyrinth. Yeah, you know, like he all of these all of these other things that he did, and those are not. We just focus on this one story. I found that interesting, hmm. and just so now. <laughs> <laughs> felt very now and yeah it got me thinking about if your father was an inventor or to um have a lover who's an inventor this kind of it set me on that trail i don't know uh we ended up max and i recently were watching this interview with Stanley Kubrick he was ex- he was accepting a an award mm. and he was talking about Icarus and saying you know everyone says that the takeaway from the Icarus story is ambi- you know don't be too ambitious don't fly too close to the sun yeah. because look what happens yeah and he said that he felt that the moral of the story was really that you need better wings mm. and i thought that was very hilarious. He he delivered it with his very deadpan manner that he had. Um, <laughs> but I think it's that was great as well, you know. Uh, and that just kind of comes t- back to myths in general and my interest in them and why I find them useful is because uh, everyone can have a different take on them. Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, myths have kind of been compressed over all this time to be one thing right like a news item you know there's a one moral there's a soundbite moral usually yes instead of these are sounding boards for contemplation for thinking about reflecting your own life off of them these kinds of things um which is how i i like using myths and stories as yeah just just uh imagination drugs or whatever (laughs) vegetation (laughs) growers or something just get the brain thinking about all the facets of um, a character or um, a situation so it's very um, interesting to hear your take on that via kubrick's notion that maybe icarus just needed better wings i'm uh, the the last chorus basically is then you die don't get too high on your daddy's supply Like that's that's funny, of course, on some level. But then you've got I just like it's in these takes that you're describing between you and Mr. Kubrick. There, it's fascinating to me because I just I was fixated on what does it mean that the father invented the Mm -hmm. son, if you will. I mean, not the sun yeah. in the sky, but invented the child. Yeah. And then invented yeah. the very thing that the, that took the yeah. child's life. Like, to me, there's a nod of parental. But you do. You do. Yeah. You invent your child's death when you 
birth them. That's okay. You know, right? Yes. Like you to say, I'm, you know, I'm gonna have a child. I'm so happy about its birth. You must, or there's no must, but it makes much more sense to confront the death at the same time. Yeah. To me, yeah, it's very difficult. It's awful. That's something that like. That's a something talk about what you're saying earlier. Of, is there anything I didn't expect or that surprised me about being a parent? And it's like death. I'm walking hand in hand with the death every day. Yes. I'm thinking about it every day. Yeah. I'm thinking about finding my child dot dead. I'm thinking about being old in a bed and saying goodbye to my child mm. as they're sitting with me. I'm always all of this stuff going and the fear of death and what is that and just that thing that I knew before, but now I feel it mm. and I accept my part in the lineage of what is the door that is that death, that birth and death is the same door. Are you sorry when you say you're thinking about it all? It's so uh, I will uh, confess to you and everyone, I guess, listening because it's not just you and me right now. I, I always sometimes I forget mm-hmm. that I have flashes of this at the in the nighttime. Uh, when I'm trying to fall asleep, I have, that's when the horrific, uh, uh, it'll just like, I'm just drifting off and a horrific image, uh, about my family or my children will hit me briefly and then it'll go. But I, I have shuddered, uh, in the bed and, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. And and so, but it's a glimmer. It's not something I fixate on. Well, I mean, maybe subconsciously here these days, you know, my, Hey, don't forget your mask, you know, wear the mask and do that. We do a lot of kind of stuff, you know, we're still doing that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, yeah. uh, obviously look, uh, be careful with the cars. You do all that stuff. But I mean, that's not, uh, for me, that's not terror. That's just, yeah, just be mindful of life. Like as you're living yeah. but at night, I do have these things. So are you saying, <laughs> are you, I'm just trying to get at how healthy you, I appreciate your self-awareness of, of these <laughs> thoughts, but are they constant? Yeah, I don't think it's, I don't think it's, yeah, it's not every moment, okay. It, but it's, I think nighttime is definitely a big time for it. Yeah. It's like a lot, like the kids were just sick Yeah, and a lot around that, like, yeah. okay, like they were just crying a bunch and now they're not. Did they just stop breathing and they're dead? You know, like <laughs> when it's quiet, it's weird. When, uh, when they're noisy all the things, time, you're like, yeah. yeah. And then they're quiet yeah. and asleep. It is but weird. Yeah. I can say, I mean, I think about it every day, which I think is constant considering that I think most of us don't do everything we can not to think about it. You know, like yeah. I, I, I really feel that are because thinking about death is is an uncomfortable feeling just like you're sitting somewhere and you have a moment of silence and that's uncomfortable so you pull out your phone well don't you think all of life is just (laughs) fending off the despair yeah i like if you think about our i think that's what i I think i've said it a few times recently like i get lost in comedy so I don't have to think about the fact that my, I feel like everything we do, we work, we, we make things, we, we're just, sorry, this is going to sound uh, reductive, but aren't we just killing time every time we wake up? But yeah, but why, like why, it's funny, like why it, is there this, this despair? Because we, like we why because, is it a despair? You know, but you said it earlier because we know, we actually yeah. fundamentally know we're born to die. 
That's why there's despair. No, but why? Why well, wonder why we don't like that? Do you know what I mean? Oh, I see. And is it just because like we can't? Once you're conscious of yourself, you just can't face not the possibility of not existing, or well, that there'll be no consciousness, <laughs> or it's, is it just because it's such an unknown that you just can't compute it in any? You can't. It's, you can't settle in any way. So it's this. I don't know. It's just, why is it? I think about it a lot because of relation to like, well, I always think about spiders. Like, why are we inherently scared of spiders? Is it because they used to be like six feet wide a long Mm -hmm. time ago? You know, and like, that's why. But I think it's because I don't think they were huge, but some of them are really poisonous and we knew that. Right. And we knew this thing. I don't know if this one's poisonous or not. So I'm just going to be scared of all of them because this thing can end me sure there's that kind of fear of the foreign sure i, I can appreciate that and not the uncertainty this is going to sound maybe completely idiotic uh, meg but isn't death the ultimate form of fomo i think so and i just wonder why that is when it seems like it's just like we have so many reps in as being mm. humans that born and die yeah do you know what I mean? Like we got the reps, like we have our 10,000 hours as experts of being born and dying, like that we haven't yeah. gotten anywhere with kind of always like, I think you, we all always want to say like the past was better or people were like more in touch with nature. So they had better things. But I think that when life was more difficult and you didn't have the comforts of the warm water, you didn't have the, I want to order one cookie to my door or just like, I know the, what maybe what the weather's going to be tomorrow or like just these things that I just have a sense that death was, it was more seen as a gift. No. Okay. So my, my, relationship with life and death has changed since I became a parent because yeah. I've used this reference a bunch of times. Like it's, it, I would not probably, the way I did in my 20s or 30s, uh, drive when I lived in Ontario from Guelph to Toronto to see a concert and maybe not leave Toronto till three in the morning, barrel down the highway at 120 kilometers an hour by myself. Yeah. I probably wouldn't yeah. do that as willingly now because I feel like some people really count on me to be alive uh my my kids sure. so that's I, yeah. I i i everyone listening right now has had a different uh will have a different relationship with what it means uh to have uh you know uh, a good life and uh to avoid death we're obviously seeing that uh with uh, everything we've gone through where people try to find loopholes into uh paying attention to what's going on and 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 whether or mm-hmm. not they get this thing that everyone's saying can Limit your life, you know, but you're seeing people like, ah, I've got it two, three times. Who gives a shit? You know, and they're like, but the thing. Yeah. So do you. So then there I, I haven't really articulated this out loud to anyone else. But like, <laughs> are people really valuing life at all? Like, because people will say when I say, yeah, I'm cautious. I don't go to restaurants. I do whatever. They say, well, what do you, what do you mean? So you don't have a drink. You don't smoke. You don't do the. And I go, actually, I don't do those things. I've never done those things. I think I was just preternaturally mm-hmm. nervous about fucking up my health mm-hmm. so that because I, I want to live for some reason as much yeah. as I, I have uh, some issues I'd like to live and survive yeah and I've chosen some yeah. things I have a sweet tooth Meg I like sugar but otherwise oh, yeah. I try to not do a lot of stuff where I'm like oh every scientist says uh, alcohol and certain kinds of 
uh, intoxicants aren't good for you, really, so maybe don't do them. And I've, I've always felt a little like a freak for that. And now we're here and mm-hmm. I'm seeing it uh, all, over, all over the place where people are like, yeah, I don't care, you know, but I got kids and I don't want them to get sick uh, and I don't want them to have any pro- I want them to have the best life they can is where I'm coming from. And if I can be a part of that, yeah. I'm not trying to say I want to see how the story ends. But there's probably yeah. a little part of that. I don't want this story to end because it's still happening and I have so much love and joy in my heart for that part of it that that's really what keeps me going. That's why I work the jobs to have the money and the to make sure they're good. So sorry, that was yeah. a little bit of a rant. Do you see where I'm coming from? Has your relationship do, with death actually changed? It's making me think like that maybe where what has occurred and I don't know where it occurred. Like, you know, yeah. put some arbitrary marker down, say post-World War II or something. But like... Where there was some switch that changed from survival to coping. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because you saying, oh, I used to drive, I used to go to shows and and then drive home. Like that was your way of coping with life. You needed to go to those shows. Yes. You needed to go, you had to be there. And that was how you were coping, making meaning, all the stuff. Now you, you cope with your kids yeah and fair enough hope, and that's where yeah. you're making your meaning and like I know like I spent a lot of time and, and maybe we talked about this before but like I had a therapist this one time who I was talking about a coping mechanism that I kind of did and then they were like wow that's so cool you know and I was like what <laughs> <laughs> and they were like that's so cool that you that you knew to do that, that you like knew that you needed to do that. And look, it got you through the situation. That's so great. You should really thank yourself yeah, and say, good job. And then say, I don't need that anymore. Hmm. And that opened up a whole new thing for me of, of getting rid of a lot of shame. Yeah. When I look back on that, yeah, I, I had to drink a lot at those times. Yeah. Uh, I, cause I needed to seek oblivion because of this and this and this. And like, I was coping. I'm, and I, and I, li- I, I lived, I, I'm still living. So it worked. Yeah. But like, w- we now, it seems like, yeah, coping is different than survival. Yeah. No, that's a really astute way of looking you at know? it. Yeah. Yeah. Coping yeah. is like more emotional, it seems, and, and mm. more like, yeah, where survival feels like more nuts and bolts, you know, which where a lot of us are so removed from the nuts and bolts of survival. Like just talking food, water, you know what I mean? Like it, we just, it, we get it, but we, if the avenues went down of how it gets to us, we wouldn't, what would we do? Is coping the same of, is the same to you in this definition as trying to rationalize uh, things? I'm trying to make a distinction here because... Mm. No? I don't know about that. I mm. don't know. I don't think, I don't know, because I don't even know about rationalization. Like, it's, yeah, maybe that's part of it. I'm just trying to figure I out the know. distinction there. Like, what I was saying earlier about how we fill our days to ward off despair, I mm-hmm. wonder if the shorthand is coping. So, I but, think so. And then, yeah. like, because we're wanting to ward off that we don't actually know how to survive. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Without all this shit. Yeah. That we've built up on top of our innate skills and the gifts that this planet gave us that allowed this symbiotic thing to occur for us to like live and other things to live off of it and give and take. Yeah. Like that's been completely decimated. Yeah. 
it, it still exists, but w- like we can barely make it out because we've put this whole theater on top of it. Yeah. And no, yeah. yeah. No, I agree. I, I, again, I appreciate your perspectives on this. Um, I'm mindful of the time, Meg, because I know we both have other appointments. Are we good for yeah, a, yeah. a little bit longer? Are we sure? Okay. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Because I feel like we've only scratched the surface on a couple of things. I want to ask you. I was alluding to these um, brilliant videos, and I was thinking about "Bless This Mess." Um, mm-hmm. The video for "Bless This Mess" I found re- really fascinating, and I think it maybe um, pertains to our conversation, uh, or rather, aspects of this conversation about parenting, uh, children being a reflection of of you and vice versa, I suppose. But I, where I'm coming from is um, I have found that being a parent also makes me ponder my own childhood. And you've written yeah. a very powerful book about this that I that I believe that's the last time you were on uh, to talk about, uh, I hope I'm not mangling the name, Begin by Telling. Is that correct? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So bless this mess. Sorry, can you characterize this video? Because I wasn't sure if it was some sort of... Uh, monkey business with technology it seems to me no. that some, something's going no. on here but no it's not at all no you know Evan Gordon yeah he just edited it he just made it by hand like he was the AI so so for those who haven't seen the video yet uh, Meg it says the thing usually if I sorry I don't have it in front of me but I think it says December 30th 1998 the way like a like yeah. a, a, a what do they call it like a handy cam would say the date of the video yeah. date, date stamp is that date yeah. accurate? Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, and and it's video of you uh, from that period. How old are you, roughly around that nineteen ninety eight? I'm thirteen, I think, 13. or twelve. And you had yeah. access to one of those cameras. Yeah, it was just my parents or my mom's, you know. Right, and so where yeah. I was confused is thirteen uh, year old <laughs> Meg seems to be singing uh, the exact oh, yeah. words from this song from twenty twenty three. Bless this mess. This is a manipulation, yeah. right? Yeah, no, I'm actually singing uh, Human Waste Project songs into the camera. I don't know if you oh. were ever aware of that band, but they were a band so, no. from California that I found out about because I liked corn and they were like Jonathan Davis like sang on one of their songs. Oh, okay. Um, so I was singing Human Waste Project songs into the camera just to see what I looked like and what I sounded like. and Because at that point in my life, I thought that making you know, like a, a way of making music was making music videos. Yeah. Because that was my only interaction with music really was through music videos. Yeah. So the lion's share of the, the video is the equivalent now of someone, you know, doing like a selfie video, I guess is yeah. the way to put it. But there's also performance footage. Um, I, I don't, were you in high school or something performing? Yeah, I'm in high school. It's like my first band. Right. So I guess I just wonder, given the context, like, and what I was, I led this question as being like the the reflection upon our own youth as we look at our children. Um, mm-hmm. Was that part of the choice of for that particular song, marrying it to images of you as a kid? Is that an obvious connection there? Um, I think that um, I when I got the footage. I got like four boxes of stuff from my mom's house that were like the last of my things that my mom had, you know, sometimes some stuff gets left behind and these boxes had some VHSs in them and I knew what some one were on some of them and then I didn't on the others. And when I got them transferred and got them back, 
you know, I saw all that footage of me singing into the camera and it was, I couldn't even show Max because I I put the USB stick in that they did the transfer in. I'm like, we started watching it. I was like, oh my God, no, like you can't see this. It's mortifying. I need to watch this on my own first because I also don't know what I'm going to do on here. Right. Because I used to do all kinds of crazy shit with that video camera. So I'm like, uh, okay, what's coming next? And, and also, it's just so uncomfortable. Like, this is making me want to die. Mm. Uh, it was so, I felt like I was being crushed by the ceiling. It was so embarrassing. And really? Mm. then when I went through it, there was just so much of it. And it, it was so shocking to see me at that age and how I'm I'm basically the same person but also that like I don't acknowledge that person enough like Mm. I think that I I I can like I've created a persona for myself around music that's like laid back like I don't really care that much like I'm not looking for fame (laughs) like you know what I mean and that it was like seeing this person right who was so steeped in mtv culture yeah and uh trying to look like cool and sexy and mm. wanting to be desired and wanting to just be cool and that that's still inside of me and that i i've just tried to act like it's not but I see. It just was so apparent that footage, I needed to exercise it. And I mean it like in the exorcism kind of way, like it needed to become public. Yes. I needed to just put it out there because it made me feel such intense feelings that it seemed like other people have done this kind of thing and people are doing it now. You know, it's not strange. Like that was exceptional then. Yeah. Now I don't think it is because everyone films themselves all day long, especially kids. And yeah, yeah it just, and and it being paired with Bless This Mess, part of it was a necessity thing is that that song had like the least amount of words and was slow paced. So it was going to be easy oh. to edit it because I looked into AI stuff like, yeah. okay, what what's possible with this? And it was, it was far too expensive and it was also just... It scared me. Yeah. <laughs> the process of it, I was like, huh, this is like, this is strange. I don't want to touch that. Like, I'm interested in AI and I don't have any sense of like AI is bad. Um, well, the deep, the deep fake stuff, it, it's called deep fake. I mean, <laughs> it doesn't sound good. Does I know, it? <laughs> I know, I know, I know. But, um, yeah, well, don't get me started on that. But like, because I, I think it all everything's deep fake, sure. basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what we do. That's what we all do. Yeah. That's like what, like the curation of our image via our social media, where we're picking each photo and how we oh, look for sure. and like what yeah. and how it's breaking down. That like we don't want to interact in public in in face to face as much anymore because you can't control how you look every second and you yeah. can't have a filter on you when you're in front of someone. What if you fart? Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like you have something happens that's unexpected. What if your body speaks up? Like, but anyway, um, that's a good point. Once it was like, oh, it should go with, it also just seemed to go with bless this mess because I needed to just accept that footage. Right. (laughs) And be like, that's me. You know what I mean? Like, that's so me. And this is me now. And just, 
Yeah. What, and it's funny because I thought I destroyed that footage <laughs> when I was younger, you know, because I used to do a lot of taping of myself doing things like and there's a small clip in the video as well of me. I'm a little bit older and I have glasses on and I have like a bandana on my head yeah. and it's like 12 at night. It's like midnight. Yeah. And I remember filming myself because I wanted to see what I looked like from each angle because I wanted to talk to someone at school the next day Oh, hmm. that I had never talked to before. Right. And I like remember taping myself to watch it to see what I looked like and I mean, there's just so much there. I, so much. There. It's interesting that you seem to have landed initially. Your initial thoughts as it was coming on is, "Oh, the vanity! Oh my God, yeah. what was going on?" But it's interesting because my take on it, and I know some of it is uh, AI oriented, but I was like, "Oh, Meg was confident even then." Like I, I picked up on a certain level <laughs> of confidence. You call it Zen. I will also say, I think most displays of confidence are rooted in insecurity. Uh, Definitely, 100%. 100%. And that was something I had to admit to, and that's something Max said about it too. Like that footage just really touched him because like the faces I'm making and stuff, he sees me make on stage now. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And because it's an an act. Yeah. It's an act of self-defense. Even though it's me, it's me acting me. It's just that version of me. And yeah, that video, I'm, I'm very proud of that video as a, an artifact. Well, I'm, I'm happy for you because it, like I said, there's a lot swirling around in this record. The one thing I wanted to ask you about is you have some really brilliant collaborators on here and songs like Tux, like we've talked about some very serious things and I feel like maybe there's a serious aspect to a song like Tux or, or, I don't know. I'm not going to delve into all of them. All I want to, I, I just want to say, we really love that song. And I laugh every time I read the lyrics and I, maybe I'm not supposed to. You can tell me what you think. <laughs> no, it's funny. That's a funny one. Okay, good. I like that one. Yeah. So, but what I was going to say is overall beyond, if you want to highlight any collaborators in the time we have left, please do. But what I really wanted to talk to you about is beyond bless this mess and maybe a couple of other anomalies that aren't coming to mind right now. Pretty upbeat record. Um, I feel like sonically, you've done a really yeah. uh, magical thing with that. Uh, getting a heavy, you do this a lot. I find you, you, you talk about heavy stuff and and critical sort of stuff, but it's always packaged in a really upbeat uh, frame. I find most for the most part. So I assume that might be purposeful. And so I'm going to talk about some heavy shit or a shit that I think is important and heavy. But I got to make it a little sweet. I want to make it so that it goes down easy on some level. Yeah. Can you want to talk a little bit about the musical arrangements here? Or do you, do, were you coming at these from a particular, you know, overarching uh, aesthetic approach? I think oh, it's a really big topic. Like each song was made so differently on the record. It was such a piecemeal thing done over such a long period of time. You know, I've never made a record that took me two years to make. Yes. It's never. Yeah. It's never. It's never been done that way before but i would say overall it was a kind of talk about acceptance but like acceptance accepting synthetic sounds (laughs) accepting midi and its capabilities and and how it was a useful tool making a record in lockdown making a record pregnant making a record on a budget that kind of thing and just 
I was just missing dancing. Yeah. I still yeah. am. That's what I, you know, that's what I picked really, up on. Really, honestly, yeah. I miss dancing. I miss performing. I haven't been on a stage in three years, Vish. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's the longest I've gone since I was 15 years old. Since that footage in the Blesses Mess video when I'm playing my first show ever, yeah. I haven't gone a year, you know, not playing a show. So yeah. I just miss dancing and, uh, and feeling... Yeah, feeling that feeling. So I think that that's the main thing, yeah. running through it. Yeah. And and also I think uh, the sound is maybe lighter because I think I'm lighter. You know, yeah. I think yeah. Heavy Light and Poem and Half Free and stuff, those were records that were I was pretty angry and wounded. And I'm still very wounded and I still have a lot of anger, but I'm just... It's like I've uploaded it to a cloud. <laughs> and I'm much lighter now. I don't have to carry it all around anymore. And I can, you know, yeah. it's like it's there, but it's not, it's just not coloring everything Yeah, the way it used to. Yeah, I can pick up on that kind of galvanizing, like, let's get on the dance floor stuff. Even, and then specifically songs like Screen Face, uh, I feel like really uh, do a, a wonderful job of getting at our sense of disconnection. And I can I can just hear that in you here. So I appreciate this conversation, Meg. Again, I'm trying to be I'm I'm rudely mentioning yeah. how much time we don't have left. Can you just yeah. tell yeah. us what is next for you? I saw you got a bunch of tour dates. Uh, is there anything else uh, coming up uh, next that you can tell us about? And also, if people want to learn more about U.S. girls, where would you like to direct them? Can you answer those questions? Um, what's next? Yeah, we're doing some shows. New live band is totally wild. <laughs> it's a next level thing. I'm very excited about. I'm working on another book. I got a oh, great. grant. Awesome. Which is very wonderful to write a book. So it's a f- work of fiction this time around. Oh, cool. And who knows when that will be finished, but I'm working on it. And, um, some other songs coming out mm. here and there. I, I'll just say I have a song with a funk legend that is coming out this year that is pretty wild. Oh, amazing. So that will be happening. I'm not, I can't say any more about it, but it's probably, yeah. Wow. The, the greatest thing that Max and I have ever gotten to do. <laughs> and, um, if people want to know more about us girls, just get on that Mr. Google. Right. All right. That's where they Type can find it. Type it in. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Google. Google has all the answers about U.S. girls. <laughs> Fair enough. I appreciate that. If we can go out on a song yeah. from Bless This Mess yeah. for people to hear, yeah. I wonder if you can pick one and tell us why you chose it. I would pick um, Just Space for Light. Oh. And why is that? Yes. Um, well, it's a cover of a badge epic ensemble song. Jennifer Castle originally sang the original version. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a new version of it. I feel like this is my favorite. This is probably my favorite song on the record. I think it sounds like The Little Mermaid. I, I, I appreciate your um, diplomacy. Your favorite song on the record is a cover, ostensibly. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For sure. All right. I really wanted to sing this song like uh, when Mac, when Badge was making that record. Mm. 
the song that was chosen for me to sing was Sing a Silent Gospel, which was the right choice for my voice. And Doro and I got to sing it together, and it was great, but I really wanted to sing Just Peace for Light. And, but I understood Jennifer Jennifer getting to do that one, but I, I've, I vowed I'd always, uh, someday I would do my own version. So All right. Well, uh, that's, yeah. congratulations <laughs> on all your achievements, getting getting what you want from Thanks. from the wonderful new U.S. Girls album, Bless This Mess. This is just space for light. Meg, uh, I don't mean to make you uncomfortable, but I do love you very much. Thank you so much for being on the show again. Thank and, you, and I hope we talk again soon. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Mostly is silent. I close tight both my eyes. Divine creation, the dimmest twilight. I turn into this eyesight, leaving all behind my love. That desperate sensation, slow play of light. 
There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. That's so nice to have Meg Remy back on the show. I just did a quick count. That was uh, Meg's fifth time on the show talking about U.S. girls and other stuff she does. Meg, it's uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show. Thank you so much for making time for me. And for everyone else, uh, as I say, this is Meg's uh, fifth time on the show, this time appearing on the 757th episode of Creative Control, which is part of the Entertainment One Podcast Network and is available wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find an episode that you're uh, looking for, like one of those old, uh, older episodes with Meg, uh, or if you want to learn more about me and sign up for my monthly newsletter, please visit vishkana.com. You can also like Creative Control on Facebook or follow the show directly on Twitter at vishcreative. Or you can follow me directly on Twitter and on Instagram at Vishkana. Also, please visit patreon.com slash creative control to make a flexible monthly donation to keep this podcast running. Now, you can you can set any amount you want. You can set uh, $6, $7. You could even set your amount at $8 uh, a month. And then you can change it. You can make it higher. You can make it lower. You can quit altogether. Whatever it is that pleases you, you can do with Patreon. Now, that is the primary source of revenue for the work that goes into this podcast, and it's very much appreciated. There are some perks at certain levels. You can get uh, episodes earlier than everyone else. You can access exclusive content that uh, isn't available on the free feed. All sorts of treats, I think, and uh, t-shirts. If you want a t-shirt, a Creative Control t-shirt, I still have a stock of them. Contemplating doing a sale just for fun. I haven't done that yet. Anyway, if you want a t-shirt, just message me on Patreon, and maybe we can figure something out. I'll get you one while supplies last. Thanks again for supporting the show on Patreon and by listening to it and all those sorts of things. Thanks again to the amazing Alberta record retailer Blackbird Music, which you can learn more about at blackbird.ca. You can order things right from uh, that website, blackbird.ca. Also, thanks to Pizza Trocadero, The Bookshelf, and Planet Bean Coffee, respectively, in Guelph, Ontario and Granddad's Donuts in Hamilton, Ontario, for their in-kind support for this show. It's been so long, all of this in-kind support. Thank you to those uh, places. Thanks also to my friend Jim Guthrie, uh, who has also been my friend for so long, and he lets me use some music of his on the show, and you can learn more about Jim at jimguthrie.org. And finally, thank you uh, for listening to this episode with Meg from U.S. Girls. I hope you will dig in to bless this mess and go see U.S. Girls on tour and check out the rest of Meg's catalog if you're unfamiliar with it. Amazing, amazing artist. And uh, thank you for subscribing to this podcast or following it and telling your friends about it and maybe encouraging them to do the same and spread the word about Creative Control. It means a lot. 
All right, I'm going to go now and start to make dinner for my family. I will talk to you very soon. Goodbye for now. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.